Now, the only difference is we got some company, Rev. We got our gay lesbian sisters and brothers with us this time. We got our Hispanic, Asian, Native American sisters and brothers with us this time. I think Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King said we may not have gotten here on the same ship, but we are in the same boat right now. In Father Teresa's wine cellar, we believe all oppression is intersectional. And this means our analysis of current events frequently includes discussion of difficult and explicit content. Any combination of the following topics could be included in our show. Murder, rape, war, climate change, racism, sexism, violence, sexual violence, homophobic violence, heterocentrism, discrimination and abuse against individuals of nonconformist sexuality, domestic violence, child abuse, child rape, child neglect, elderly abuse, verbal abuse, police brutality, microaggressions, ableism, cyberbullying, genital mutilation, ideological extremism, and people just being total fucking assholes. One of the Rockford police officers charged with raping a woman takes a plea deal. Eric Thurmond was sentenced to 50 hours of community service and cannot serve as a police officer in the state of Illinois. Michelle Rave was in the courtroom this morning and has reaction to the deal. Innocent of what was originally charged. Nearly two years after being charged with sexual assault, Rockford police officer Eric Thurmond pled guilty to disorderly conduct. I'm sure Mr. Thurmond is um, happy that it is over. Uh, he has a lot of um, support from friends and family, and I think that's always important. Thurmond was facing a class one felony, which could have meant up to a year in prison and having to register as a sex offender. The plea deal is a misdemeanor. And that's a, a very tough thing for someone to have to um, face anyway, just going through the court process. Um, so, yep, absolutely. I think that that could, this could be a, something like this can be a deterrent. Erica Angler with Rockford Sexual Assault Counseling says survivors of sexual assault have to deal with so much during court proceedings. Having to kind of relive that every court date. Um, you know, and having another continuance and, um, you know, waiting, you know, is this person going to be found guilty or not? Um, it's, a really, it's a really hard thing. Angler says people should not get discouraged to come forward. We always encourage people, regardless of if you go to the police or not, um, you know, please call us so you can get support um, and, and the help that you need to heal from this. While Thurman's attorney says all sides should be considered. They get labeled as just the defendant and um, you know, they are people and um, many people get charged with offenses and getting out of the system is so much more difficult than getting into it. Reporting in Rockford for your home team, I'm Michelle Rabe. Howdy folks, uh, Wine Cellar Media, <laughs> there you go. And um, if you are a lefty headed type, uh, some of this stuff might already be familiar with you. Some of it you may not have seen. <clears throat> uh, just jumping into one here and uh, what we had open up with the um, 
rape culture and uh, policing always going on, never ending. But uh, over here, back at the folks at Atlanta Black Star, um, a, uh, a Louisiana woman was shot and killed in a police-involved incident after she allegedly hurled racist slurs at a group of construction workers and later tried to run law enforcement over with her vehicle. The incident occurred on Wednesday, September 1st, when authorities answered calls of a disturbance involving an unidentified woman and a group of men, uh, Sheriff Joseph Lopinto, uh, described as, uh, Jeff as Jefferson Parish employees on the westbound side of Veterans Boulevard in the New Orleans suburb of Matari, near the intersection with Lisa Drive around 3.30 p.m. That's uh, like listening to directions from a man who doesn't really know what he's talking about. <laughs> Uh, the men had been uh, tending to the widespread power outages and debris cleanup in the aftermath of Hurricane Ider, which claimed dozens of lives, most in the Northeast. Uh, Lopinto said in a press release that the disturbance began on Park Manor Drive, less than a mile away, when the woman repeatedly approached the group, cursing and hurling slurs at the workers. She allegedly called them fucking niggers and demanded that they be arrested according to uh, video footage captured by eyewitnesses. Uh, this individual proceeds to uh, drag uh, one of the pigs with her vehicle for about 40 to 50 feet because that's kind of just how this individual chooses to behave here. Uh, let's see if we can't uh, pull up a wee bit of a video clip for you there. Oop de scoop de flippy doopty. Oh no. Oh no, their partner. No. No. Haha. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and open up that. We're going to bring you audio first and then catch the video up right behind it. We want to start with some breaking news. Uh, we have an update on that shooting in Metairie where a deputy shot and killed a woman. It happened near the intersection of no, Lisa Drive and Veterans Boulevard. Looks like Sheriff Joe uh, Lepinto is speaking about it now. Got, uh, flagged down in reference to it. Uh, ended up trying to make a stop on the on the female uh, further up the uh, block somewhere around Park Manor. Uh, at that location, uh, she dragged one of my officers uh, down on the side of the car uh, for a, a you know, I don't know how many feet, but for a while, uh, a, a small mini pursuit, I guess, occurred uh, the few blocks down here uh, with several of my officers uh, uh, trying to stop the vehicle that just dragged the officer. Uh, when she got to traffic here at this location, uh, they continue to try to de-escalate the situation. Uh, doesn't seem that a whole lot was right with her from what I'm, I'm gathering. Uh, we have not taken statements from our deputies yet, uh, but from, from what I understand, uh, you know, it didn't appear that she was right uh, and from they were trying to de-escalate it one of my deputies was on on top uh, in front of the vehicle again trying to get her to stop uh, she ended up taking off and hitting that deputy again uh, that officer did not fire because didn't have the opportunity to do so I had another officer on side of the vehicle uh, that fired into the vehicle after he, he struck the deputy here for the second time uh, the vehicle went forward probably about another 40 50 feet from uh, where you'll see the casings behind uh, she is deceased on the scene. Uh, we're waiting for coroner's office uh, to arrive in order to process it. Uh, like any investigation, homicide investigation, uh, you know, our job is to make sure we collect the evidence that uh, the coroner's office will come process the scene and take all the statements of witnesses. Uh, you know, I understand, obviously, there's additional witnesses at the other scene, so, uh, you know,
you know, give my detectives a little while to work in order to figure out exactly what happened. Uh, but that's the gist of what I have right now, and uh, we'll, we'll do our job accordingly. Um, Sheriff, you, you said this started with a disturbance between the woman and parish workers. I, I believe they're parish workers, uh, but, uh, you know, as I said, that's what I'm told, but I haven't seen them to know that firsthand. So, uh, you know, I don't know what exactly happened, but I think it's parish workers from what I understand. Do you know what the parish workers are? I, I don't. I don't know if they're clear. I don't know. I have a clue. Uh, you know, as I said, this has just happened, you know, 30 minutes ago. So I, I'm sure some of my detectives know what that answer is. I just don't know what that answer is yet. But uh, we will be. How many shots were fired and what's the status of your injured deputy? Uh, injured deputy, he's going to the hospital, but minor injuries, uh, the, the one that was hit. Um, you know, but he is going to the hospital to get checked out. Obviously, the shooter deputy was on the side of the vehicle trying to protect his life. So no damage, uh, no, you know, no injuries to him. Um, we are, um, you know, when you asked about the casings, I didn't count them. Um, you know, if I had to take a guess, there's probably eight or nine, um, you know, shots fired there. But we will, you know, certainly do a magazine check and, and collect the casings on the scene to get an accurate number. Uh, but that's uh, just, a, a, you know, a guess from me what, what I saw on the scene. Sheriff, was anyone else in the vehicle with her? Uh, no, there was no one else in the vehicle. When deputies arrived, was she still on the scene at Park Manor? You know, I don't... I, when the original incident occurred. I know it's close to where the disturbance occurred, but I'm not 100% sure how close that was. So this started with a pursuit somewhere further down. Further, further down, a few, Park Manor is not that many blocks down. Uh, so, so, but a few blocks down. But she obviously dragged the deputy to the first stop. They jumped back in their vehicles, chased her down to here. She got stuck behind traffic, tried to de-escalate again, tried to get her stopped, and then she tried to run over uh, deputies again. So. No, it's hard to say just because we're three days after a hurricane. There's long lines. It's hot. Do we think anything I, I, is involved with the I hurricane? I have no clue what her motive or anything, any information about her. I don't know at this point in time. Uh, look, as I've said yesterday and will say again, um, tensions have been high around here. Uh, you know, these things are, are happening. I mean, the disturbances at gas stations are, 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 we're getting a bunch of them right now. Uh, still, you know, doesn't lead to this where you try to run over a deputy. Uh, you know, I don't care what, what the tensions are. Uh, people need to learn a little patience around here. Uh, but that being said, the circumstances with this individual, I'm not sure. Uh, I just don't know that. Sheriff, do you have an age on the deceased? I, I don't even know who the deceased is. No, I do not. Show. All right, y'all. We'll get you some information when we have it. Uh, you know, give us a little time to do a little work. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you, it. Edit Sheriff Joe Lapinto, just recapping and giving us what he knows at this. Oh, that audio keeps cutting from their uh, from their news feed there. Dan, from what the sheriff was describing, uh, this happened. A disturbance is what they're calling it here. Park Manor, which is further east of here but as you head westbound on veterans coming down here and oh you know what i could imagine that um yeah with problems with electricity and whatnot out there um after hurricane Ida, yeah they're probably having trouble with their news broadcasts yeah they're having a lot of hiccups with their audio just past the wendy's you can look behind me that is the bmw that is the victim's car that was according to the sheriff, used to one of the deputies and then hit one of the deputies. At that point, other deputies opened fire, killing the woman. We have very little information. The sheriff has very little information on the victim at this point. At this time, many people, because it's the third day after Hurricane Ida, tend to jump to conclusions of whether that was 
related to staying in long lines, looting, so on and so forth. The sheriff just at this point doesn't have information on that, but he did warn people that at this moment in these occasions, tensions do run high and we have to be mindful of our temperament. He did say that his deputies tried to de-escalate the situation, but at some point after the woman allegedly struck the deputy, other deputies opened fire. We asked the sheriff how many shots were fired. He didn't want to venture a guess, but at this point, just looking at the casings, he said perhaps eight or nine. We'll certainly try to get more information on this developing situation. But again, the latest here in Metairie, the driver of that BMW SUV is now dead after a Jefferson Parish deputy opened fire. According to the sheriff, that woman tried to run over one of his deputies. Reporting in Metairie, Tom Trung, Eyewitness News. All right, so um, moving on over to the uh, more wholesome end of things. Uh, something coming off of the folks over there at pinknews.co.uk. Uh, and uh, they have the individual uh, that goes by the name uh, Demi Lovato. I don't know much about this person myself. To my understanding, they are a professional uh, songwriter, uh, studio vocalist, and performance artist. To my understanding, that is what this individual does. And um, I took a look at the article and um, other articles pertaining to the individual. And um, to my understanding, uh, they came out as non-binary. And um, on the wholesome end of things, uh, Demi Lovato was posted up here uh, doing a, uh, a broadcast of sorts with uh, another individual that goes by the name of Jane Fonder. And uh, Demi Lovato featured Jane Fonder on this broadcast directly on her uh, on her YouTube channel page there. And um, yes, Wine Cellar Media, loads and loads of dooms and glooms fucking every day, all day. So I really don't mind um, having uh, uh, we have a pop of populism. Let me have a pop of pop culture. <laughs> all right. And there's a lovely moment. Um, uh, Demi Lovato was uh, uh, talking to Jane Fonda about a, a near-death experience and uh, thinking about really um, living her life uh, for herself and not just for the profit of those around her. Let's check it out. So I did. I sat with it for over a year. And the more I sat with it, the more research I did. The reasoning behind me cutting my hair off was because I was shedding all of the gender norms that had been placed on me growing up female in this world. And I just always found that men were at the root of pushing their agendas on me to be a sexy pop star, to whatever would make other people the most money. And, 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 and I had to break that mold because I had to find the freedom for myself in order to survive, like to live. I came to a really close near-death experience in 2018. And that for me was the wake-up call for me to start living my life because it, there was a voice inside of me that said, you're not living. And if you don't start living your life for you, it's gonna be your demise. So I woke up and I, I thought, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna live my truth. And no matter who it scares, no matter who in the patriarchy it shakes, I'm gonna live my truth for me. Um, you're getting emotional and I'd love to, to hear from you. What's going on? <laughs> well, uh, you know, what you're saying is so brave. 
Thank um, you. It's so, so brave. I wish I could hug you right now. Um, oh, I wish I could hug you too. Yeah, we will. Yes. Actually, I have hugged you. Yes, at the, at the march. And we will hug again. Um, I'm so glad to hear you say all this, Demi. I'm just so proud Thank of you. you and I'm so glad and I, I admire it so much. I'm, I'm so glad that you came out of that because I've, I've seen the documentary I, that you came out of that with that realization and that you, um, you know, that you're finding your, your real truth and, 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 and it's just wonderful. It's just Thank wonderful, you. yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Goodness. You're, 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 I, you, I, you, you gave me full body chills. I just, uh, that means everything coming from you. I just, I also do want to lighten the mood for a quick second. I saw this meme that. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that is what uh, the folks at uh, pinknews.co.uk covered over there. I found that to be a, a nice moment. Um, uh, I myself, I, I'm, a, I'm a cisgender person. And um, so I don't know what that's like right like the whole deal there like that sort of uh, oppression and whatnot that folks deal with and uh and so i will uh share those stories when i see them as we move forward doing the wine cellar uh we already have before but we still don't shy away from it now uh shout out to Joni g over there uh posted up on the facebook just tuning in uh more 5 a.m morning wine cellar uh climate change folks that's a problem to me. I think it kind of matters. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's dance on over here and see what's going on with prehistoric old ass motherfucking animals <laughs> dealing with climate change. All right. You folks may have heard of that uh, datgum Komodo dragon. Well, let's see how that uh, Komodo folks are over there dealing with uh what capitalism, white supremacy, imperialism, massive fucking wars, and whatnot, and every other thing that I never see um, obnoxious white vegans on the internet talking about. <laughs> All these things and how they are ultimately affecting these Komodo dragons, <clears throat> as it were. So, looking at the folks over at NPR, all right, uh, National Public Radio. Uh, you might hear some lefties uh, call it a National Petroleum Radio. And if you don't understand that, um, you know, I'll, I'll lace you up real quick. Um, NPR, they, they've kind of developed a rep for, like, they'll cover climate change, but won't really cover the oil companies a great deal. And then have um, advertisements from the oil companies uh, in between segments of their programming. So they have that side nickname of NPR National Petroleum Radio. All right, I don't um, I don't harp on that a great deal, as that's one of those things. Um, when you're talking to the lefty echo chamber, they don't need that reiterated. All right, it's it's boring. All right, so let's take a look here. So this article is up by Joe Hernandez. Uh, saying that uh, scaly and with forked tongues, Komodo dragons are the largest lizards to still walk the earth. They are big motherfuckers, <laughs> all right? And to my understanding, they're pretty goddamn fast, right? Like if, if you're fucking around in the, in, in the, uh, on the spit of land that they occupy, like you're probably not going to outrun one of them if your vehicle or however the fuck you're moving around on that land fails, they're gonna get you. And um, 
Apparently, like, their saliva is hella toxic because that's part of how they, uh, they break down food and whatnot. And so if they do spit that shit on you, it does function like acid on human flesh and skin. All right, um, <clears throat> so their days may be numbered coming off the article. A uh, new report from the International Biodiversity uh, Conservation Organization. Let's do it again. International Biodiversity Conservation Organization. All right. And those folks have a new report that says the fearsome reptiles are edging closer to global extinction. All right. I was born into a world where people were saying, hey, you're never going to get to see a dodo bird. <laughs> you little shit. And uh, who knows? Like maybe the... um. Like what? I'm 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 one of these millennial motherfuckers, right? I'm 38. Millennials are children. Um, my niece is a 20 year old. She's one of these uh, Generation Z folks. And I mean, really, with Generation Z being, you know, going into their 20s and whatnot, and still teenagers, hey, they're gonna be cranking out some offspring. And I'm wondering, like, when the offspring of Generation Z is coming into age of intellectual curiosity and whatnot, going into their preteens, maybe even their uh, early single-digit age, or later single-digit age years, 8, 9, 10, will they be coming up in a world where millennials are, like, you know, going into our fucking 50s and shit, right? Uh, my spouse is 40 and a millennial. Will we be telling those kids, hey, you're never gonna see a Komodo, ha <laughs> Right? Like, will Komodo dragons be like a cartoon character that pops up where it's like, hey, you don't want to go the way of the Komodo or the Dodo? <laughs> All right. So that's cold game. Shit's just being extinct, cuz. So, um, according to the International Union for Conservation of Nature's uh, Red List, an assessment of the health of tens of thousands of species across the globe, Komodo dragons have gone from vulnerable to endangered. So, why is the Komodo dragon, or the um, the nerdy, nerdy scientific way of saying it, uh, Varanus komodianisis, <laughs> that nerdy shit, but the Komodo dragon, why is it threatened? Climate change. Rising global temperatures and higher sea levels. We'll get to more higher sea levels, folks. Fun stuff going on in, in uh, South Florida. Uh, so rising global temperatures and higher sea levels will reduce the Komodo dragon's habitat by at least 30% over the next 45 years. Okay. So, like, so the offspring of Gen Z, they might get to see a, a little Komodo action while they're still around. All right, when's that next generation coming that uh, it's going to be the Komodo and the Dodo and probably many other uh, species? God, I remember that uh, deer with gills were found out in the wooded area back in the uh, mid-90s. Sitting around watching Inside Edition like a fun child. <clears throat> and so we have a quote from Nerdy Nerd Nerd, and I love listening to the nerds because they know what the fuck they're talking about. And this nerdy nerd is Dr. Andrew Terry. And Dr. Andrew Terry, who has studied things I haven't studied, tells us that, quote, The idea that these prehistoric animals have moved one step closer to extinction, due in part to climate change, is terrifying. End quote. 
Uh, Komodo dragons are native to Indonesia and only live in Komodo National Park, which is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. Ooh, excuse me. Huh. When you're speaking, you don't have good breathing patterns and you yawn. <clears throat> and so uh, on this site, they're also as well on a nearby island of Flores. And a, uh, a quote from Boobadoop from the report on the Komodo dragon state is, While the subpopulation in Komodo National Park is currently stable and well-protected, Komodo dragons outside protected areas in Flores are also threatened by significant habitat loss due to ongoing human activities. (laughs) Capitalist activities. Imperialist activities. Warmongering activities. This is not something of which all humans consent to, want done, and or participate in. Alright? So, that's poppin' with our folks, the Komodo dragons out there. Alright, so, um, over here at fizz.org, alright, more nerdy nerds that do all sorts of nerdy studying that I haven't done... And they're trying to warn people about what the funk is going on from the results of their nerdy studying. And I will not be one of these people that has done none of this studying and then looks at the nerd and says, Willy nilly nonsense. I will not respond like that. All right. Just like with this coronavirus, I will not think that the government is coming to put me in quarantine camps. All right. And then accuse um. Uh, cis woman politicians of these chicks are in there doing TikTok dances. All right, and then looking at bills and legislation, I don't feel like reading and saying it's irrelevant because it's like 22 paragraphs long. And even though as a lefty, I have critiques of folks like Nancy Pelosi and um and Chuck Schumer and whatnot. I don't I don't follow down these paths. I don't care what Nancy Pelosi and her insurrectionist nonsense has to say. All right, no. Not William, not Jackson. I will look at the nerds and respect them. Um, article up by David Fleshler. Um, sea level rise may appear to be a problem only for coastal residents, a hazard that comes with awesome views and easy access to the beach. Yeah. But our neighborhoods, uh, 20 miles inland, all right, talking Florida here, 20 miles inland on the peninsula are starting to feel the impact. As the Atlantic Ocean's higher elevation makes it harder for drainage canals to keep them dry. Right? As the Atlantic Ocean's higher elevation makes it harder for drainage canals to keep them dry. The problem showed up last year in Tropical Storm Eta. E-T-A, Eta. Then flood water remained in southwest Broward neighborhoods for days, partly because of the elevated ocean blocked canals from draining the region. Partly because the elevated ocean, sea level rise, the elevated ocean blocked drainage canals from draining the region. Now, we have a quote from uh, Barb Bestini, all right, a uh, local resident out there. Barb Bestini says, it it was pretty scary. 
I stepped out of the house into ankle-deep water. It came three-fourths up the driveway. I'd never seen the water that high. It was scary because I didn't know if it was going to continue to rise, end quote. Spot-on impression. Nailed it. Although her house in the Sunset Lakes community stands at the edge of the Everglades, the Atlantic's higher elevation prevented it from draining as efficiently as in the past. Uh, Further quoting from Barb Bestini, It took a very, very long time to recede, two or three weeks to recede to normal levels. End quote. Perfect impression. The South Florida Water Management District, which operates the big canals that sweep water into the ocean, submitted a funding request to the state this week to fix the system. With preliminary list of uh, with a preliminary list of projects carrying a price tag of more than 1.5 billion dollars. Oh, and my cat Light Skin Killmonger. I'll bring him up on camera. Light Skin Killmonger does not like that number. You don't like that, do you, Light Skin Killmonger? That's not him. That's me doing a very bad impression of him. Um. Uh, continuing with the article up by David Fleshler. Although expensive, the pumps and other improvements would help restore the efficiency of a system built after World War II that has become more difficult to operate at a time of rising sea levels. Quote, When ocean water is higher, we cannot discharge, so we close the gates to avoid ocean water coming inside. Uh, This quote coming from uh, Carolina Moran. And Carolina Moran, um, uh, Carolina Moran District Resiliency Officer, for the South Florida uh, Management District. Who? Okay, so that's an area, not a person. Excuse me. Huh, Carolina. Damn, yeah, I, I, I totally read that as a person's name. <laughs> Played myself. Um, uh, another quote. Um, uh, during ETA, it was much higher than normal, and that means, again, that we cannot discharge to the ocean and, the, and that diminished our capacity to prevent and address flooding. Folks, this is not good stuff. All right, we are looking at some pretty goddamn bad, ugly news here. All right, let's uh, dance it on over. I wanted to uh, share this um, this image with you all. It's an image from the YouTube, and it's, uh, let me go ahead and uh, bring it up on screen here. Oop-ba-doop, skip-bop-ba-flibba-doop. Podcast listeners, you know what you signed up for. You get straight audio. Folks looking at the video, uh, you've got a screen share coming at you. Uh, Let's take a look at this. It is embedded from the YouTubes over at, uh, yet again, another nerdy, nerdy, nerd website. And I prefer the nerds over here at uh, The Conversation. And take a look at this. And it's showing... um, mean sea level uh, from uh, altimetry. And this is a graph showing an illustration of sea level rise from 1993 to 2019. Take a look at that. Let's see if we can't uh, larger screen it. There we are. Okay. And now we're seeing 
yeah, a lot of that action, folks, if you're looking at the screen, coming straight at the fucking east coast of America. Like, the east coast of America gonna get real ugly. It's actually looking at, like, um, with just the direction things are going, it's looking like the eastern seaboards of most land bodies. And definitely the southern end of the land that we call South America is being impacted by that. Let me go ahead and uh, bring that screen share down and we'll get into the funky stuff around the article. All right. All right. I'm excited about it just as much as you are. Scooby doo F11 that out of there. Come on. All right. So this one is interesting. So the title of this article, uh, hardcore move by the editor of this website, uh, their title is how high above sea level am I? If you've Googled this, you're likely asking the wrong question and expert explains, excuse me. So let's move through this quickly. The largest report from the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change is con- is uh, is confronting something. It finds uh, global mean sea levels rose by about 20 centimeters between 1901 and 2018. In fact, sea levels have risen faster over the last 100 years than any time in the last 3,000 years. This acceleration is expected to continue. A further 15 to 25 centimeter of sea level rise is expected by the year 2050. Folks, that is 29 years away. All right. Matter of fact, you might want to call it 28 because we're already in the ninth month of this year. 28 years away. Somebody born right now, before they are 30, we're looking at an estimated 15 to 25 centimeters higher of the fucking sea level. All right. And these are the projections that are made with climate change as is. What do we keep stressing over here in the wine cellar? It is exponentially increasing sea level rise, exponentially increasing um, methane gas in the fucking air. All right. Let's take a little bit more of uh, what the nerds have studied. All right. Um, now, expected by 2050 with little sensitivity to greenhouse gas emissions between now and then, beyond 2050, however, the amount of sea level rise will largely depend on our fewer on our future emissions, which will continue. They will continue because capitalism, imperialism, and warmongering wacko shit isn't going to stop. They can't stop. Now, In a low emission scenario, we can expect sea levels to rise to about 38 centimeters above the 1995 to 2014 average by the year 2100. All right. If I were to live to be 100 years old, that would take me to the year 2083. So I would be 27 years off of seeing that. But that's that's if my black ass can um, can get all the way to 100 years ass old. I have big doubts. Not really sure I'm going to get past 54, all right, like my man uh, Michael K that just passed. Uh, I think 54 is probably my number. All right, uh, doop-a-doop, skip-bop, ba flip a doo 
Uh, so they're looking at an average by the year 2100 in a high emission scenario. This is expected to be to more than double to 77 centimeters. Now I is be McMurricanized, which means I, they didn't they wouldn't teach us centimeters because satanic communism and shit like that, right? I, I grew up in the 80s, 90s. So let's see, um, 77 centimeters to inches is what I'm uh, putting in this here uh, yahoo.com search. You don't always have to use Google, all right? Yahoo.com works just fucking fine. <clears throat> and so it looks like 77 centimeters goes to 30 inches. Now, if I remember stuff, huh? I thought I had a tape measurer in here. It's probably in the other room. I always have a tape measurer somewhere, somewhere within like 10 yards of me. Um, so 77 inches goes to 77 centimeters goes to 30 inches and uh, one foot, 12 inches, two feet, 24 inches. Another half a foot would be six inches, 30 centimeters. So we're talking two feet, six inches that's that's a bit much like i'm pretty sure that two feet six inches is coming up above my kneecap all right i'm like five foot seven or so uh my spouse says i'm five foot nine i'm not sure and i don't go to doctors and i don't measure myself i just i I don't really care (laughs) like i have to go get exploited for a profit before i worry about my fucking silly ass height doesn't matter to me but what i do know is that's high as hell all right now, let's go back here over to the nerds at the conversation. Uh, they close out the article with this. In either case, who will feel the effects of sea level rise? And how much does your location's height above sea level really matter? It's a question a lot of you have been Googling since the uh, report's release. But the answer is not straightforward. Hmm. In fact, sea levels can vary quite substantially on a year-to-year and decade-to-decade basis. However, we know... Ooh, excuse me. We know much of this regional variability is driven by surface wind changes and will typically decrease over long periods. So while the IPCC reports uh, projections are for global and global mean sea level for the year 2100, most coastal locations will experience sea level rise within 20% of the projections, which are subject to change beyond 2050, depending on global emissions. Well, if there's still capitalism, there will still be imperialism, there will still be war, there will still be climate change, there will still be sea level rise. All those glaciers that we cover, if some of you folks may be new to the wine cellar, right? Maybe uh, maybe Joni G over there on the Facebook might be new to the wine cellar. Um, I obsess over this shit. I've been obsessing over this shit since I was a child, and they told me the ozone layer was fucked up. And then as soon as they told me the ozone layer was fucked up, I'm looking around like, so why the fuck are we still driving these trucks around? You know, and I've, I've been bugged out by this shit my, essentially my entire life. Like, I got onto this shit when I was about six years old, right? And, um, and something that is going on, uh, heavy methane gas is cranking off out in Europe. They have new equipment, um, 
to my understanding, I think it was um, over $300,000, very expensive equipment that is detecting um, excess methane out there in, uh, in the UK. But then also, these glaciers up there cracking, way up in these uh, in Antarctica and whatnot, these glaciers busting, uh, in those fissures, more methane gas is coming out. That shit's just not stopping. It's just flowing through, and they're just rocking with it. Right toward the end of the Obama administration, he opened up a, a hydraulic fracturing in areas where it was restricted previously. Like, this stuff is getting real fucking tough, yo. And I mean, I know other lefties are covering it, but like, if folks could, you know, Google this shit, find something about that's recent and relevant to you about sea level rise, you know, Google it, Yahoo, search it, Bing, ask that nigga Jeeves as we did in the late 90s, you know, search it, find an article that you find interesting on this and put it in your social media, you know, fuck it, try to coordinate some hashtags make this shit interesting, I'm not gonna front, I've done the thing where I just straight up lie to folks, uh, this is what I've done, you tell me if you think this is a lie, well, it is, but <laughs> see what I do, right, like, I'll make a Facebook post, and, like, say that the Beyonce Knowles put out, like, a new hot Beyonce Knowles record, and folks are really enjoying this record, I will straight up make a post, and be like, this is how um, net neutrality will affect you being able to access Beyonce Knowles, right? Find a way, <laughs> right? Like, it's not fully a lie. You'll be able to access Beyonce Knowles, right? Uh, she's too big of a uh, celebrity to not come in contact with some of her work some way very easily. But net neutrality will have some effect on it. <laughs> And then at least it will get folks maybe reading about or listening to or watching some shit about net neutrality. Do the same with climate change, sea level rise. You know, I'll be back at it. Um, It's 6, 11 in the a.m. right now. I need to be down at the GM plant doing stuff and things. All right. But first, we'll go ahead and uh, wrap up this episode. Uh, there is more police uh, rape culture. Uh, we started out with the um, with the one... <clears throat> with the one where the two uh, pled guilty. And uh, let's go over here to uh, to Rockford, Illinois. No, 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 no. the other two, uh, they were found guilty. Now we're going over to Rockford, Illinois, where um, an individual pled guilty. All right, so let's go ahead and bring up that video and audio for you folks over here. Oop, the skip, bop, the flippy doop. Thurmond was sentenced to... Police officers charged with raping a woman takes a plea deal. Eric Thurmond was sentenced to 50 hours of community service and cannot serve as a police officer in the state of Illinois. Michelle Rave was in the courtroom this morning and has reaction to the deal. Innocent of what was originally charged. Nearly two years after being charged with sexual assault, Rockford police officer Eric Thurmond pled guilty to disorderly conduct. I'm sure Mr. Thurmond is... Um, happy that it is over. Uh, he has a lot of um, support from friends and family, and I think that's always important. Thurman was facing a Class 1 felony, which could have meant up to a year in prison and having to register as a sex offender. The plea deal is a misdemeanor. And that's a, a very tough thing for someone to have to um, face anyway, just going through the court process. 
Um, so, yep, absolutely. I think that that could, this could be a, something like this can be a deterrent. Erica Angler with Rockford Sexual Assault Counseling says survivors of sexual assault have to deal with so much during court proceedings. Having to kind of relive that every court date, um, you know, and having another continuance and, um, you know, waiting, you know, is this person going to be found guilty or not? Um, it's, a, it's a really hard thing. Angler says people should not get discouraged to come forward. We always encourage people, regardless of if you go to the police or not, um, you know, please call us so you can get support um, and, and the help that you need to heal from this. While Thurman's attorney says all sides should be considered. They get labeled as just the defendant. And, um, you know, they are people. And um, many people get charged with offenses and getting out of the system is so much more difficult than getting into it. Reporting in Rockford for your home team, I'm Michelle Rave. All right, folks, winecellarmedia.com. Uh, we've been keeping this thing up and running since 2012, all right? Uh, cold shit. I remember one of my first few live broadcasts of this program in 2012. So, just have patience if you're going anywhere. Hey, right. get out of there, newscaster. Well, one of my first episodes of broadcasting in 2012, we were literally live like while a fucking um, a school shooting was happening. And uh, one of the earlier episodes of this uh, program, uh, we covered uh, member Steubenville right the um big rape culture story out of steubenville there and um and from that story big takeaway from me was that the hacker that exposed all that shit from the town of steubenville ohio got more time in prison than the rapist and for folks that remember that story though that football team their nickname in that school in that town was literally the rape squad for those that remember that story, maybe some that may have never heard that story or forgot it over the years. And I remember uh, starting the podcasting, um, I, I was like in this new wave of black atheist content creators. And that was like the gist, but you got to have more to say than just, I'm not religious. Look at me, you know, say more shit, cover more shit. I remember covering one of the uh, religious stories and we're covering specifically like um, Islamic religious stories on that particular episode. And the story was about um, how this nation was just going to deport everybody that was transgender. But, like, blew my brain right the fuck out of my skull. And so, of course, like, you start um, start searching more, like, wait, what's going on? Like, like how transgender folks are being oppressed and whatnot, because I literally didn't know any of that shit. None of it. And, uh... <clears throat> And then you start seeing folks like Janet Mock. And then from Janet Mock, I'm reading Janet Mock interviews. And Janet Mock is talking about how um, uh, transgender women get um, arrested on the suspicion of prostitution simply for having condoms. And then you look more into that and you're like, what the fuck? You're looking at um, the New York shit. And the New York shit, they, um, they essentially... If you have condoms, uh, cis woman or trans woman, they just arrest you on suspicion of being a sex worker or prostitution. And then you get more into that and you get into sex workers rights coverage and whatnot. And like every story and issue leads me to another story and issue, you know, and then the next thing you know, 
Some weirdo with a neck beard is getting online calling you an SJW and saying that you're a social justice warrior and that this is a bad thing. Interesting times. <laughs> that sort of era coming into uh, this podcasting world. All right, and keep this shit going with uh, patreon.com slash wine cellar media fund. Um, I created tiers, but most of the shit that I post is still free. We do have some heavy comedy episodes that are posted only to the Patreon tiers as private episodes. Um, and folks, folks really tend to sign up and support us just to support what we're doing and not just for like specific episodes. They tend to just like the whole project that is Wine Cellar Media. And the tip jars are always open um, over there at uh, paypal.me slash phoenixandwilliam. And those are the two that I have um, linked when I do the uh, Facebook broadcast here and what I'll link when I put the podcast on the RSS feed. All right, and um, and then, of course, there's the Venmo at Wine Cellar Media. I do not have that linked, but some folks hit that up and drop a tip. Thank you. I buy broccoli. I need to eat. And um, Phoenix Kaliter, my uh, spouse and co-host, um, sleeping right now, um, has one of those cash app deals set up. It's a dollar sign Phoenix Kaliter. All right. And we'll be back to hold it down some more. I got to go do the shift up at the GM plant and then I need to come back here and <coughs> excuse me, do some yard work and then pop another broadcast. All right. So you folks, just go on ahead and be as safe as possible wherever you are. Cool, Dad. What is that? Some old Indian thing. What's it for? Well, I don't know much about Indians, but I do know tools. And if I had to guess, I'd say you jam one of these in the back of a white man's skull, twist the handle like so, and then your blood runs out through the hole here. Yep, that's what it's for. Recording stopped.